0: I want to welcome our uh, church in uh, Stevens Point that's joining with us uh, via video this morning. Uh, Celebration Church is a multi-site church. You say, what is that? It's, we're one church but with many different locations. And uh, we have a location, actually we have two venues here. We have one in this room, we have another one uh, in uh, the uh, uh, Cafe on the other end of the building during the second service they also connect via video Uh, we have a group in Stevens Point we all all do our own worship and stuff singing the same songs and stuff but it's all done live but when it comes time for the sermon they click on and they all hear and we all hear the same message because we're one church we just happen to live in different places and we're excited all kinds of new opportunities are are opening up to us to start new campuses around the state we'll be sharing those with you uh, as we go along but anyway, good to have them joining with us uh, this morning, y'all. But uh, just want to give you a quick update of, of where I've been. Um, actually, somebody asked me er- at the beginning of the service if I was in a car wreck earlier this week. And I thought, no, I thought maybe it was a joke they were making about the NASCAR. It wasn't me. It was him. <laughs> he was in a car Pastor Gary was in a car wreck. Uh, but he's okay, right? Yeah, yeah, he's on drugs this morning, but he says he's just... He's just uh, <laughs> He says, "Kind of the closest thing to the Holy Spirit is, uh, Hallelujah." But, <laughs> but uh, he's okay, thank God. But uh, I did. I was not here last Sunday. I was uh, asked to be the uh, chaplain at the uh, NASCAR race in Dover, and uh, boy, was that a wild experience! Great fun. You know, uh, Joe Gibbs Racing uh, asked us to come do it, and, and uh, they sent their Learjet to pick me up. <laughs> i got to get me one of those, man. That's <laughs> seriously awesome. This is the way to travel. I kid you not. But uh, so we zoom in and we land there. And as soon as we get out of there, we hop into a helicopter waiting to take us to the track. You know, I felt like I was Elvis or something, man. You know, and we, we land and then these big black sedans pull up and then they put us on that and they take us on the inside. I could dig that every day. But... Uh, so we get in there and, and, and we do our thing and, uh, you know, uh, uh, meeting with some of the drivers and stuff. And, uh, you know, I felt kind of cool because it's, it's one of the few sports where I felt kind of like a big guy. <laughs> Yeah, you know, all these Packer players. You know, I feel like a girly man. You know, but around... These guys are short, these NASCAR drivers. They're really not that big. Uh, probably the biggest one was uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. He's a little taller than I am. But uh, then they put me in one of the cars, and I could see why they're short. <laughs> oh, man. Serious claustrophobia in those things. Like, get me out! But it, uh, anyway, it was fun. Things are loud. Loud! But it was cool. And then we went uh, to... Uh, Joe Gibbs Racing uh they have a uh this huge facility where they build the cars and stuff like that it was so cool all these guys just testosterone bouncing around everywhere these guys were like intense perfectionists this place, a building full of intense perfectionists I mean, they have perfectionists that handle the bolts and the springs that's all they do is I'm the spring guy and they just try to get everything as perfect as they can they just, but zero defects, man these people have an intense spirit of competition and it is cool it is cool these guys were very very nice and very open and uh, uh, they like it when uh, they always ask for prayer and stuff they say there's, there's no atheists in a NASCAR race <laughs> before they take off but uh, it was I didn't really know most of the guys there I was talking to one uh, his name is Bobby Labonte I don't know if you know who he is but, uh, so I'm talking to him and I finally said so what do you do? <laughs> Whoops, but anyway, so uh <laughs> they were cool, you know they they he, they were all very polite, and I think they kind of dug it that I didn't know anything, so uh and it was neat, it was just exciting, I'm telling you, very, very cool, very excited about uh, and they want us to come back and do some more races with them in the future and uh um we, we did a a Monday night laugh your way to a better marriage seminar for the uh, drivers and their families and the guys who build the cars and their wives and stuff like that. And and it was a scream. I mean, these guys really lit up and we just had a wonderful time. So we're looking forward to uh, developing that whole connection. Uh, They got kind of a long uh, season, but I'd I'd like to get a a good connection with some of these guys, because there's a lot of Christians that are involved in this thing. Some of these drivers as well. I'd love to get a couple of these guys to come to Green Bay, talk to y'all. But, uh, so, we'll see how that goes. Anyway, this morning, Luke, there we go. Luke, the first chapter and verse 17 is our scripture verse this morning. And uh, it reads this, and and he will go on before the Lord. Uh, Actually, this is is the the Jesus is. uh, This is in Luke that we're reading this. Where, where it's a quote. It's actually the last verse of the Old Testament. The book of Malachi, if you read it, is this verse. It was a prophecy about, basically, is a prophecy about John the Baptist who was going to come and get everything ready for the Lord. He was going to come and, 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 and just get people zeroed in on spiritual truths and stuff like that so that Jesus could come. You know, John the Baptist came. He was just in everybody's face. You know, he's yelling, repent, 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 and baptizing them and stuff and kind of jerking the slack out of people and then then Jesus was able to do his ministry so this is the scripture that prophesied about it, they're quoting again here and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah, which is a lot of spirit and power, if you don't know Elijah read him in the Old Testament, this guy was one powerful guy but uh, anyway, this is what he's going to do he's going to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord uh, Pastor Lathan had just mentioned about Father's Day you know it, it's, it's Father's Day is a special day it's when men get to sit back relax, family pays attention to serves them, basically like every other day of the year but uh, <laughs> it's, just, it's just you're okay with it that day <laughs> but uh, um, It's interesting, I mean, you know, when we think about John the Baptist coming and this prophet coming and and to straighten out the country and, and yeah, you know, turn from sin and quit doing wrong and, and, and all these things. But it's interesting that the first thing that he lists here is his job was to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. The first question is, why do men allow their hearts to turn away from their children in the first place you see it's kind of a natural thing men get so caught up in their lives they start to forget their families and uh, as I I was speaking to these guys at at the NASCAR race I was challenging them as well I said you know um, a lot of guys make the mistake when they get married they think that I do means I'm done and they get in trouble with their wives because they think well that's, that's done let's move on and, uh And it doesn't work, you have to constantly be winning the girl, constantly be responding to the girl i was uh, uh I took my wife shopping on thursday and uh <laughs> i'm a good husband aren't i but i i I took her shopping and uh we went into this place, and this lady's just kind of you know she 's in tears and kind of freaking out. You just never know what divine appointments God has for you and uh and, uh, and, and talking to her and it turns out that her marriage is on the rocks and things were falling apart and we had a chance to minister to her and, and to pray uh, with her and, and it was really neat gave her one of my DVDs um, to uh, maybe give her some advice on how to, to work but the, the, the husband's grief was you know, she, she's insisting that he does something very realistic I mean he was really, really slacking off and she insisted that he needed to do these things. And he basically said, you know, well, I'll I do them, but I, I, why should I do it on your schedule? I'll do it on my schedule. And I said, because it's always on her schedule, Jack. If you lose this one and you go try and win another, another one, you know what's going to happen? It's going to be on her schedule. Everything guys need to understand, they need to win the girl. Now, if you don't want a girl in your life, fine, do whatever you want to do. But men need to be winning the hearts of their wives all the time. Paying attention to them. You know, it can't be 24-7. You know what I'm talking about. But you can't just forget about them and get caught up in your own lives. And what happens is men do that. They frequently turn away from the most important things in their lives to other things. The, the, The catch is this. It's kind of a trap. It's like guys get so caught up, for example, in their jobs... Uh, and, and the reason they're doing this is Their motivation is they want to provide for their families They're doing this for their families But it's, it's, a, it's a dangerous line It's like you can get so caught up in doing something for your family That you forget about your family That's always the catch And, and a lot of times when women start you know, saying to their husbands Hey, what about us? What about us? A lot of guys get angry And they feel unappreciated And say, "You know, hey, I'm doing this for you And and I understand that, and, and you women need to understand that's exactly what he's doing. But guys, you need to be careful that you don't so get involved in your world that you forget about your wives and your children. You've got to stay connected with them. And the best telltale sign is when you hear them to start making comments like that. Dad's never here honey you're never here da, 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 da. rather than getting defensive about it guys and, and getting angry because we're working so hard for our families and we, we're starting to feel criticized and men hate to be criticized I've talked to you about that But but when they start making comments like that pay attention pay attention It doesn't mean that you've got to quit doing everything that you're doing. We understand you're trying to do a career and all this stuff. But but when they start making comments like that, you need to pay attention. It's the natural thing for men to turn their hearts away from their families. And the first thing that John the Baptist did in his ministry, as God called him and anointed him to set things right, was to turn the hearts of the fathers back to their children, don't get so caught up in your world that you forget your children, that you forget your family and if there's ever a question between you know, well I gotta succeed and my family, you know lean back to the family I've never met a man who achieved great things and who lost his family, who ever said, you know it was worth it it's never worth it the most important thing that you have in your life are those children, is that woman they are your legacy these are the people who will speak and remember you after you're long gone the question is what are they going to say about you don't get so involved in your life that your children despise you and hate you it's not worth it let them know that you're there take time for them Not only do we get caught up in our jobs, that tends to pull us away from our families. And by the way, and I've spoken about this uh, recently, certainly in the church, don't get so involved in church work that you're not around for your family. And and I promise you, if you, and, and I'll say this on both sides, if you're a husband and you feel like your wife is here too much, you come talk to me. I will sit down with the girl. If you feel your husband's here too much, you come talk to me. I'll sit down and jerk the slack out of the boy. We're not going to do that here. Are we wanting people involved in the kingdom of God? Yes. Do we love it when you get involved here? Yes. But don't think that you can ignore the most important thing in your life and make it up because I'm working for Jesus. And I say this with all sincerity, there are so many families, I saw this over and over again as I was growing up, men who, who spent so much time involved working for Jesus that their families fell apart and their children hated them and their kids turned into hellions and were nightmares because they were rebelling and fighting for attention from their father because the father was so busy working for Jesus that he lost his family. The priorities are upside down. There are seasons of life. And you need to know something. If you have children in your home, your season is to take care of those children. The time will come when the little rugrats finally leave. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and that's okay. You know, I remember when our kids finally left the house, people came up to me and said, Pastor Mark, Pastor Mark, you must be so sad that your kids have left the house. Something. What are you talking about, man? It's rocks. What do you do now? None of your business. I got a life again, you know. And, uh, and, And now my wife and I, we're very busy and we travel and do all kinds of things pastoring this church. People often ask me, how do you do it? Well, one of the reasons that we're able to do it and waited until now to do it is because our kids are grown up. A lot of guys my age don't understand it because they still have little children because they waited, you know, so long before they started having children. But, uh, you know, times come, seasons change when you can focus and do different things. Or if you're single, man, knock yourself out. Change the world. Be great. Be fantastic. I'm all for it. Uh, but if you have children, you have a responsibility. Watch your heart. Don't let your heart turn away from your children. Be intentional turn towards them, stay involved with them not only in your job, Uh, a lot of guys do this in their hobbies they get involved, every guy needs something to relax and to chill out I understand that, but if you have small children in your home uh, don't get involved in hobbies and activities that don't include them, are you hearing me? okay, do things that they like to do And that might mean that your hobbies will change for a while. But do something that can involve them. Children love to be connected with their fathers. Where they can have fun with their fathers. I spent a lot of time with my son. Hours and hours and hours. Relaxing and playing games that he liked to play. When he was little, it was Star Wars. I spent many an hour as Darth Vader. (laughs) you know and we'd run through the house knocking things over and and just having a riot. you know when he got a little bit older it was softball and I'd get involved in his teams or then you know Pop Warner football and involved in his teams and all these different things you know now that he's gone I can do whatever I want to do I can just take activities be it golfing or something like that you know if you're going golfing chances are you know a three year old isn't real helpful on the golf course you know I did try when they were a little bit older. They don't drive very well either. <laughs> On the carts, you know. Keep your hearts towards your children. You've got plenty of time. These are the most important years of their lives. And don't surrender the area of children strictly to women. We have done this in the church. I'm going to be talking a little bit more about this in this message. But we've done it at home. Guys pretty much have surrendered the realm of children to the women that's women's jobs, It's women's jobs, women's jobs you know don't think like that, you need to be involved in your children men have great impact in the lives of their children and women don't be criticizing your husband every five seconds when he tries to get involved with your children I've talked to you about this, you know (laughs) my wife, I use the analogy, you know, she'll she'll tell me to cook my own dinner like, come on, cook it for me, no, you can do it, you're a big boy, do it oh, alright, and I start doing it, and she'll walk over, well don't do it like that you know, don't use that pan, well take that out of there, go away woman you know, do it or don't do it but the reality is men will do things differently than you it'll be fine you want to encourage the boy to be involved in the children now if he's going to light them on fire or something you might want to speak up But uh, you don't always have to be criticizing every little puke and stinking thing he does men need to be involved with their children children need the challenge and the risk that men offer to them a lot of the time it freaks women out this is good for the kids Your husband will generally do things you would never do with the kids. Even at the earliest age. You know, mothers they're holding babies like this. Men they're going, we women are going, Stop it! You know? But the kids are going, you know, they love it. So what? They're doing something risky. They're doing something that's good for these kids. They fall, they won't die, they'll bounce. (laughs) Men need to succeed at what they do. One of the reasons why men don't get involved in things where women are so involved in Is because they feel that they fail. Men hate to fail. Men really become resistant to failure. You have no idea. If a man thinks he cannot do it, he will become really resistant. Sometimes women will ask their husbands to do something and he'll get really resistant and just have a cow and they don't understand. They're getting so mad. Chances are he feels very inadequate in that area. Don't be trying to shove him in areas that he doesn't feel comfortable in. You know, I remember some years ago we had a a dead tree in the backyard. And my wife said, "Well, just get a, uh, you know, a chainsaw and cut it down." Do I look like a chainsaw kind of guy to you? <laughs> I pictured cutting off my legs and my arms and body parts flying all over the place, and you know. But I didn't say. I just said, "No, I don't want to do it." Come on, what do you do? It? I don't want do to. And I found myself getting mean, mean and nasty, and, rah, rah, and I thought, "Man, what is my problem?" And I knew I had to admit. I said, "Look, I feel totally uncomfortable." In doing this, I don't know how to do it, I don't know anything. I am sure I will cut off a leg or so I probably would. Uh, you know get somebody let me just hire somebody else. you know don't try and force your men into something that they feel completely emasculated in. It doesn't work. Having said that, you can encourage him in areas so he can get more involved and connected uh, with your children. Men need to fight the conquer and move on mentality. This is a natural thing. We do something, great, we're done, we move on. We do something, great, we move on. Men like to have, uh, you know, projects that have a start and a stop date. We'll start, we're going to make it, we're going to do it, we get to the end, hooah, we did it, all right? Men have a hard time with these eternal projects that never end. You know, it it is hard for them to stay connected. And one of the reasons that they feel uh, it's hard for them to stay connected with the kids is because it's a long story stop date it is, you know, you got birth to like 18 is a long time an 18 year project is a long project for a man but guys, fight that trying to move on stay with it, follow it through, Uh, and and this is true for both parents, one of the big problems that uh, parents have, particularly with teenagers, is they quit parenting too soon Don't stop parenting too soon, and that's the temptation. You know, you've been taking care of them all these years and years and years, and finally they can dress themselves and not poop their pants. And people go, "Great, go on, do your own thing." Don't do it. Stay involved with those little rugrats. Okay, keep your paws on them. They will hate you for it. Get used to it. All right? Well, I trust my kids. You trust a teenager? You are an idiot. my kids used to say you don't trust me man nobody trusts you you're a teenager who trusts you? nobody trusts you shut up stay involved don't quit parenting too soon we used to when I was a teenager and a hellion and I was I was just right at the top of the hellion list we loved going to the homes where the parents trusted their kids these were our favorite places to hang out (laughs) you know the parents would be in the house while we were doing unspeakable things never checking on the kids oh I trust my kids Ah." (laughs) yeesh stay involved so as I'm reading the scripture I'm thinking what can we do to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And there's so many things we can do as a church. And, and, uh, and again, I want you to encourage you to, re- to read this book that we're promoting this month. Why Men Hate Going to Church. And, and getting involved with this men's ministry and stuff. But uh, I thought, I was talking with our staff last week. And I said, why don't we do something different? Why don't we do something radically different this summer? And I threw out this idea and, and they said, okay. It wouldn't have matter because I'm the boss anyway. But... Uh, I said I want to do something completely different this summer. What I want to do is on our Wednesday night services. Wednesday night is family night here. This is when the kids have all their different programs. We got the kids' deal, we got the the 180 thing, and we got you know programs for all the kids from nursery all, all the way up. And then we have our adult Bible study in here, which I encourage you to get involved in that. Sunday mornings I just speak topically. I take one verse, jump all over the place. But on Wednesday nights we go verse by verse through the book of the Bible. We show you in context. We actually teach the Bible to you so you become more biblically literate and it's fun and it's a great thing but uh, on Wednesday nights I said what if we change the culture on Wednesday nights what if we got all men involved with the children from nursery all the way up and uh, we are going to do that if I can get some men to volunteer <laughs> I want to make Wednesday nights woman free nights They don't have to take care of kids. They don't got to watch kids. They don't got to do jack squat. They can just come in here, study the Bible, hang out, worship, praise God. I want the men down there with these kids. I'm talking nursery. I'm talking three-year-olds. I'm talking all the way through. Now, we will train you in what to do. All right? So part of our whole deal this summer is we're going to do this all-male family night when the men are turning their hearts to the children. And we, historically, men always were the teachers throughout culture. We've surrendered that to women today. I'm saying let's get back and start validating men as teachers and interactors with children. You will find that men have huge impact on the lives of children. And rather than having men that are disconnected and feel Part of the problem is because we feel like we're just, you know, we're not needed. You're needed. We need you to connect with these children and get involved with these children. So what we're going to do is we're going to get to... We're going to have you sign up today. I'm looking... I need at least 20 guys to pull this off. What we're going to do is we're going to plan it. We're going to do it. And then we're going to end it. September 1. And then we're going to have a big party and celebrate it. Manly men. We did it. All right? So I want you guys to get involved Wednesday nights. We will work with you. I want you to sign up at the information counter and uh we'll we'll plug you in a place. Do they sign up for what they want to do or what area you know so just look, you know, and uh and I'll tell you what these kids will love it. Your little little kids love grandpa, especially you grandpa kind of guys. You know, go back there and you know, hang on to these little rugrats and and, uh, uh, and teach the Bible stories to them and have fun with them and do crazy things with them. And I'm telling you, it's going to be totally awesome. We need to have men involved in the lives of these children. I had given you uh, in a message a a, a few months ago about these studies that have, have really surprised people about the effectiveness of a man in the life of his children. Something people haven't noticed and been paying attention to. And the percentage difference is huge. When a woman gets involved, I'm talking spiritually. When a woman gets involved and when a man gets involved in the lives of children, the percentage of response on the children to the positive is off the charts. And you need to understand this. You know hey doc, you know a lot of these drugs that that you guys take, a lot of these drugs that, that, uh, you know, for different things, this, that, and the other, do you know what they in their blind studies, you know what they have to perform better than? A placebo. Right? In other words, their challenge is to be better than nothing. And if you can be 5, 10, 7% better than nothing, you've got a great drug. Isn't that sad? A lot of the drugs you take just does a few points better than Nothing. My wife is taking a cancer drug, you know, after her breast cancer thing. And we looked at the studies. I said, Debbie, this is 3% better than nothing. She said, that's okay. I'll take the 3%. Well, great. You know, I probably wouldn't. But, you know, she did. This is a big deal. A few percent better. Boy, better than nothing. And you've got a money-making drug. Well, I want you to look at these numbers again. They did a study that if a woman gets involved and brings her children to church by herself, there's a 2% chance that those children will become lifelong churchgoers. The study showed that if a man did it, it jumped to 44% off the charts. The Southern Baptist did a study. If a, man comes, if a woman comes to faith and follows Jesus in her life, there's a 17% chance that the whole family will become Christian. If it's the man who's the first one to get involved in this way, it jumps to 93%. It is overwhelming. Children respond to the spiritual leadership in men. It is time that we start encouraging men to connect with the children, fathers to turn their hearts back to the children so that they can start having the impact that God intended them to have. So guys, don't leave me hanging. We can pull this off. I want to end with Numbers, the 13th chapter, verse 1. Numbers 13, 1 says this. The Lord said to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan. Remember, he brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. We're going to give them the promised land. So they come to the promised land. He says, which I'm giving to the Israelites. And from each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. So at the Lord's command, Moses sent them out from the desert of Paran. All of them were leaders of the Israelites. And we jump to verse 26. It says, They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. In other words, they said, look at what's over there. This promised land is wow, what a deal. And they gave Moses' this account. We went into the land which you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey. Here's its fruit. Wow, what an incredible place. But 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 But, 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 but the people who live there are powerful. And the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. These were like really big dudes. Uh, And the Amalekites live in the Negev. And the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Termites and there's ites everywhere. (laughs) Verse 30, then Caleb Silence. shut up. And he says, we should go up and take the land for certainly we can do it rah, 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 rah. Joshua and Caleb they were only two guys out of all these guys these were manly men they saw this incredible challenge and said yeah we can do it we can do it let's take them but most of the men who had gone up with him in verse 31 said we can't do it they're stronger than we are And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said the land we explored devours those living in it. It'll eat you alive. No, the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. These were the descendants of Anak. They they come from this area. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we look the same to them. And that night, all the people of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. we can't do it we can't do it we can't do it These little tiny kids they poop their pants I don't know what I'm going to do how can we get involved how can men do these things and all the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron and the whole assembly said if only we had died in Egypt man what a bunch of weenies these guys were for 400 years there were slaves in Egypt and cried, God, send us a deliverer. Get us out of here. Get us out of here. God finally gets them out of there, takes them to the promised land and they go, oh, <laughs> we should have died back there. God got so ticked at these guys. These are why they, This is why they wandered around the desert for 40 years, this event. It didn't take 40 years to get from Egypt to this place. It didn't take very long at all. They just came on, got there and they whined and belly ached and let fear Take them instead of being the men God had called them to be. And said, well, you're just going to wander around. All he did is he's waiting for them to die off. Which, by the way, if you're being stubborn with God, he'll wait you out, Jack. He's got all the time in the world. (laughs) He just waited until they all died. All right, they're dead. Now you guys can go in. That's exactly why they were out there for 40 years. All because... They were too afraid. Let's not be afraid. Let's rise up to the challenges. Let's build the kingdom of God. Let's get involved. And I want you to rise. And my prayer is that you guys will rise up with me. That I'll have some guys give these women a break. They're back there all the time doing this with these kids. And I'll tell you what. You want to see this church grow? You make this a place where we treat women with great respect and honor. And don't require them to work constantly. And men actually get involved the women will pour into this place dragging their husbands kicking and screaming with them and then we got to shout at their hearts let's do this thing now before our ushers and musicians come back up I want to ask you a question have you made the decision to follow Jesus if not I want to invite you to partner with Jesus in changing the world that's what Jesus did he came and said follow me we're going to change the world are you a part of this have you made the decision to follow Jesus Christ I want to challenge you to be a part of building the kingdom of God in the earth. I'm going to ask you to open your heart and surrender your life to the king of kings and to the Lord of lords. And if you're a father in here this morning and challenged by the message, I'm going to ask you to turn your hearts to your children. Be the kind of father God wants you to be and knows you are more than capable of being. Let's be the men God called us to be. Before we receive communion this morning, before I have our shows and stuff come up, I'm going to ask us all to bow our heads in a word of prayer. And if you've never taken that first step of faith in your life, I'm going to encourage you to open your heart and experience God's love and forgiveness today. Let's pray this prayer together. Say, Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. You love me so much. You went to the cross and took my punishment. I ask you to come into my heart to forgive me of my sins breathe your spirit into me so I can be all you've called me to be thank you Lord Jesus Amen